Welcome to Pathway to Faith Podcast, the media ministry of Harvest Church International Outreach, where we elevate and nurture families through the Word of God. We are so glad that you are here and believe that God will change your life through today's message. Let's listen. My title for this particular lesson today is called The Starting Point. The Starting Point on God get set flow. The starting point on God get set flow. Can y'all say that with me? The starting point on God get set flow. All right, as my introduction, as I put it, I said there's a trend, okay? There's a trend that is often seen in a lot of churches. And this trend seems to be the the lack of trust, the lack of interest, the lack of enthusiasm, or the lack of expectation in many believers. They may attend services like we do all across the world. They may attend services, but it may appear as if they're only going out of habit or just simply going through the motions. We are moved somewhat by singing And we'll sing, you know, we'll sing songs because that's the right thing to do. Or we'll shout because somebody told you to shout. Uh, We're hardly praying if we're praying at all. And we're rarely attending Bible study. Is that you? Is that one of y'all in here? Y'all don't? I'll be seeing y'all at Bible study. Is that one of y'all? Okay, you see, it's not y'all. Okay. You rarely attend Bible study. and And it just seems like our zeal is fading. I can only speculate and assume that the problem is one like an athlete or a team or a business uh, and a term that they use that they're just in a slump. Hmm. Such a person, you know, my, my favorite team, my favorite basketball team, college NBA team is the Golden Mavericks. I said the Golden Mavericks, the Golden State Warriors. And... My favorite athlete is definitely Steve, Steve, I said Steph, Steve, Steph, I just gave him a nickname, Stevie, Steph Curry. Uh, I can't say I patterned my, my jump shot after him, but when I used to shoot back in the day, you know, I don't shoot no bricks. I mean, you can see him on the court. I, I light it up. That's the real somebody. I, I light it up. But, but, but Steph and Curry, right, sometimes, say sometimes, Rarely, sometimes he gets into a slump, right? Starts shooting and he's missing the shots that we expect him to make because that's what he normally does, right? Uh, in the business, a business goes through slump, you know, you know, it kind of pick up in the holidays. Once it pick up in the holidays, things are back in real form and they're back in rhythm, right? So I said, hey, such a person or a business team goes through the motions or goes through the slump, but they are not performing at their highest potential. But over time, and normally they'll find the rhythm again, and the reason for this is because they have found out what they did before they got in the slump. Mm. Can I tell you what the solution to that slump is? The solution is to go back to what worked. To go back to what worked. And what worked for that athlete was the fundamentals. The same is true with believers. 
Because I believe that all, we have all, I believe some, we have been in this spiritual slump. Can you say that? you kind of been in a spiritual slump. It's just things are just not, it's just mundane and I'm just going through the motions, right? Okay, so we can. We, we can, we all have been somewhat in a spiritual slump. And probably some of you are still here now, are still in a slump. Hmm. Well, I got good news for you. Say this. I can, I can. get back. To where it first began. Okay? So in my lesson this morning, I would like to state some of the basics, okay? Some of the basics I believe that we need to get back to, whether you're in a spiritual slump or not. So my suggestion would be for you to do this, is to understand this. Rehabilitate your faith. Somebody say, on God. On God. I'm not going to explain to you the importance of faith. Say this, faith is God. Faith in God is essential in pleasing him. All right. Uh, we can hit me with that because pastor said it already on the video. So let's go there. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. Let's do Hebrews 11, verse 6. Everybody had it's a, it's a very familiar passage of scripture. We've heard this over and over again, and the Holy Spirit brought me back to this scripture. And I'm going to say this with you. Here we go. So it says, but without faith, it is impossible to please God. Oh, is that up there? Okay, the screen is not up. Okay, here we go. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. Hmm. And that he is a rewarder, come on, of those who diligently, I'm going to read it from this translation that I had. It says, but without faith, well, it's the same thing. Without faith, it is impossible to please God for he or she that comes to God must believe that God is God. And that God, here we go, is a rewarder to them that seeks him or that finds him. So the word has declared that no one can approach him, but it be through faith, correct? This tells me that faith is not only an essential, but it is a necessity. Not only that faith is a necessity, but also faith is a requirement. Okay? So your homeboy looked up those words. I said, okay, well, what is a requirement? So in the dictionary, the requirement, the definition for requirement is something you must do something you must do whether it is needed or wanted. All right. And then, of course, I looked up is impossible because it's impossible to please God without faith. So I looked up impossible. Impossible means not to occur. Not able to exist. Or not able to be done. So without faith, we cannot even approach. We can't begin to approach the Lord. We cannot claim to love the Lord. We cannot, uh, we cannot claim to have an experience with the Lord. We can't claim to have a personal relationship with the Lord. We can't, uh, we can't claim to even walk with the Lord, talk with the Lord, unless you have faith in God. Am I getting somewhere with this? Are you getting this? All right, now say this. Okay, so I was going to put up my first nugget, but I decided not to do nuggets today because... We have been eating 36 years worth of nuggets, and I know somewhere along the way, 
you got to be thirsty. All, all that bread, all that bread and chicken, you know, you've been eating. Not, I mean, the nuggets is good. It's hot. It's fresh. But all that bread, you know, it may get in your throat. So you have to have to wash it down with something to drink. So I thought I would bring some beverages today. All right. So since so since we got the nuggets and I'll stick with the whole McDonald's thing, I was going to bring a high C, high C orange, that lava burst from McDonald's. The only true high C at McDonald's. All right, I'm gonna bring that. So go ahead and put up my first high C. You can't read it. I mean, you can't see it up here, so I'll say it. It says, without faith, say this, without faith, you can't confess the Lord. And without faith, you can't receive from him. Say that again. Without faith, you cannot confess the Lord. And without faith, you can't receive from him. Hmm. So your object, the objective of your faith is to have it in God alone. Period. Your faith should not be any creed. It should not be any doctrine. It should not be in any religion. It shouldn't be any denomination. But your faith should be grounded. It should be grounded. It should be grounded, rooted implanted in God alone. Everybody got that? Your faith should be planted in God alone. This is the reason why Jesus said in Mark eleven twenty two, he said, Jesus said to have faith, come on, in God or to have the God kind of, yeah. And, and I'm going to deal with that God kind in a minute. Say this is the basis of my faith. Here we go. So God requires faith because it allows us the ability to either choose him or to reject him. Mm. Without the ability to make that choice, humanity, as we would know, would be in chaos, right? Because you have to make the choices that you make. But because people can choose, ooh, because people can choose to have faith in him or not, this is also God's way to determine who believes in him and who doesn't. Hmm. Without faith, here we go, say without faith. The only alternative now is doubt, which is associated with sin. Turn with me to Romans Chapter 14, verse 22 and 23. We said without faith, the only alternative at this point would be doubt. And doubt is associated with sin. Here we go. Romans 14, 22. Romans 14, 22 says, do you have faith? Have it to yourself before God. Happy is he who does not condemn himself and what he approves. 23, this is where I make my point. But he who doubts is condemned if he eats. Ah, because he does not eat from faith. For whatever is not from faith is sin. Uh, okay. 
So say this with me. Say this with me. All right, put up my, my next high C orange. You can put that up for me. Here we go. Say, your faith doesn't have an option. It must choose to trust God. Ooh, we. Your faith does not have an option. It doesn't have an option to choose. Your faith, it must choose to trust God. I'll get to that in a minute. You see, God is not obligated to do anything outside of his will. I'll say that again. God is not obligated to do anything outside of his will. If his will pleases him, then guess what? God will respond to it. All right. All right. If his will pleases him, then God is obligated to respond to it. Got it? Okay, so when your faith does this, here we go. Now faith reaches out and brings into manifestation what God has said. All right. All right. I'll go. Let me go back. God is not obligated to do anything outside of his will. So if you're, if you're operating outside of faith, he can't respond. Because God only responds to faith. Everybody got that? Okay, so when your faith responds to him, now faith brings into manifestation what God has said. What I'm telling you today is say what God has said. When you say what God has said, he will bring into manifestation not what you said, what he said. All right. All right. Cool. All right. All right. Here we go. So faith, here we go. Faith only works by what it is designed to produce. Say that with me. Faith only works by what it is designed to produce. Faith is designed to produce love which is the key to obedience that makes manifestation come to pass. Ah, I said it again. Faith is designed to produce love. I'll get there in a minute, which is the key to obedience. Now it gives you access to God's promises being fulfilled now over your life. All right? When I believe flows into how I live, then faith becomes full. I'll say that again. When who I believe flows into how I live, then faith becomes full, and then God performs. All right, all right. Did that, did that go over your head? I'll say it again. When who you believe flows into how you live, then faith becomes full. When faith is full, then God responds to faith because he is faithful. All right. All right. All right. Because he is faithful, now he has no other choice to demonstrate what he said. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay, here we go. So say this with me. Say faith, faith 
It's not in what I believe, That's, but it's in whom I believe. Say that again. Say faith. It's not in what I believe, but it's in whom I believe. All right, here we go. Say get set. All right, so it was on God. It was on God. Now get set. I'm talking about you now. Get set. This part of this is the position of faith. Where does faith come from? Where does faith come from? Go with me to Romans 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Uh, your backstory of that, I'll give you a small summary of that. So Paul writes a letter to the Roman church, and he tells them about the essence or the nature of the gospel, okay? He explains to the Roman church faith in Christ, to the church. But in doing this, in this particular scripture, this passage I'm about, I'll read to you, he also teaches them how they should conduct themselves by being believers, Okay? All right, here we go. Let's go to Romans 12 and 3. It says, For I say, though the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of themselves or himself more highly than he ought to think, mm -hmm. but to think soberly as God has dealt, here we go, to each one, come on, a measure faith. I'm going to read this same, the same passage from the Passion Translation of this Bible. It says, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. This is Paul saying, I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not to create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess Assess, assess, evaluate your worth. Mm. Your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement. When you do so, then you will see the true value with the appropriate self-esteem. I want to go to that B clause. It says, instead, honestly assess or evaluate your worth by using your God-given faith. Say God-given. God-given faith as a standard of measure. So you know your boy did again. Went into the dictionary. I had to look up the standard of measurement. So I looked it up. The definition for a standard of measurement means the precise amount. Say precise amount. So God has given you a precise amount of faith. Okay? As a believer, so as a believer, here we go, as a believer, as believers now, the faith that you and I have that is within you was given by, come on, was given by, all right. And then God has dealt to you a precise amount of faith. Here we go. Here's where I make my point. So since faith comes from God or by God and he has given you the precise amount, 
drum roll, we can conclude that now faith is God. Okay. Or God is faith. All right, here we go. Here we go. I'm about to get on my bike. And it is the same measure of faith. It is the same precise amount that God used to create the world. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Since faith comes from God, if faith comes from him, then that means that the originator or the origin of it came from, yeah, from him. So since we know that faith comes from God and that he has given you the precise amount of what came from him, then we can conclude that faith is God. Did that go over your head? That didn't go over your head? Okay, so that faith is God or God is faith. I want to lose my point. So here we go. Let's hit, let's hit up. A, you don't have to go there. Hebrews 11 and 3. It says God's faith. Ooh. God's faith. God's faith. And his word made the unseen sing. Here we go. Through faith. Oh, my God. Through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of the things that do appear. Let me go back. Through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the what? The word of God. I got a question for you. Who's the word of God? Come on, talk to me. Who's the word of God? So God is the word of God. Don't believe me? John 1 and 1, it says, in the beginning was the word. Come on. And the word was with God. Come on. And the word was God. Here we go. He was there in the beginning with God. Faith was there in the beginning with God. Because faith was there in the beginning in John, he was there in Genesis. Oh! oh all right. Okay. Bing, 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 bing. All right. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It was formless without form, Darkness sent over the deep, and then the Spirit of God. Come on, what did he do? Moved upon the face of the waters. The Spirit of God, one person, moved upon the face of the water. And God said to faith, let there be. Oh. And God said to faith, let there be. And then it. All right, here we go. So in the beginning, he was there in the beginning and all things were made through him. And without him, without faith, without God, nothing, say nothing, nothing was made. And then the word became. Ah, here we go. The word became the son of the living God. Here we go. Back it up. The word became the author 
and the finisher of your... Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. Let that sink in. The word became Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of what God gave to you. Ah, oh, man. Did y'all get what I just said? Y'all get what I just said? Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is crazy. Oh, my Lord. All right, here we go. Here we go. So we're just the author and the finisher of the God in you. Got me. Philippians 1 to 6, you don't have to go there. It says, and I am certain that God, come on, who begin a good work. Where? Where? Inside of you will continue to finish the work. That's why, uh, that's why God is, uh, that's why Jesus is the author and the finisher of what God has given to you. Ah, you heard it once before that God is the alpha ah, and the omega. You heard it before because it is the beginning and the end. That's what he gave to you. So works with faith will never be dead because you know why? He deposited in you. That's why he said faith without works is dead. But you are the work. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Rewind it back. Rewind it back. Rewind it back. Jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith. And we said that in Philippians 1 and 6 that I'm certain. Certain. I am certain. I am assured. I know with confidence that God who began, began starts at the beginning. Oh my God. It, <laughs> who begins the good work? Who is the work? You. The work that is inside of you, it will continue. His work. Whose work? So where is it placed? Ah, I think you got it now. I think you got it now. So, so faith, so you can't do faith without works because you are the work. So faith has to respond. Uh, all right, let me get down, let me get, let me get, let me get down, let me get down, let me get down, let me get down a little bit. So it says all faith has its origin, and I said this, or has been originated by God. Here we go. It is God dealing from himself his faith to you. Again, all faith, say all faith. The spirit of faith, the gift of faith. Okay, all faith, say all faith. Was originated by God. And because it was originated by God, it is God dealing from himself. His faith to you. Mm. For by grace, you know, in Ephesians 2 and 8, for those who know the word, I didn't put it up there. It says, for by grace, you have been, come on, saved 
by faith. That you've been saved by faith, it is not of your own doing, but it is the gift. <laughs> so God put himself in a gift. Ah. And then he presented it to you when you believe. Ah, man. Ah. Uh, uh, all right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, cool. Let's move on. All right. So for grace, you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing. This is the gift of God, which now brings me to my point. Hebrews chapter 11. Here we go. Verse 1. Now, here we go. Now faith is the substance, come on, of things hoped for and the evidence of of things not seen. Bing, 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 bing. Here we go. Now, here we go. Now we can say it this way. Now God becomes the substance. And God is the assurance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. All right, let me rewind that back. Let me rewind that back. Now God. Let's go back. Because we said that faith was given by God. It is faith is God dealing from himself. His faith to you. Does everybody understand that? Okay, so now we have that. Now we know that faith now is God. So God, or the word of God, we just said that the word of God was God. It was God in the beginning, and then God became God in the flesh. That's what we said, correct? So now God becomes the substance. Oh, and God becomes confidence. God becomes trust. Woo-wee! Man. Okay, all right, let me go, let me go, let me go, let me go. It's the assurance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. It is your faith. Say, it is my faith. It is your faith that connects you to the world of the unseen. Let's stop this. What person can take, oh, what person can take you to the unseen? Because you can't see it with your natural eye. What person can translate you from the natural into the spirit so you can see in the unseen? and bring into manifestation in the natural. Who can do that? <laughs> Only God can do that. I, I said, who? Only God can do that. So faith connects you to the world of the unseen, and then God makes the unseen visible to you. So now your faith can bring in reality the things that he says. Say this with me. Say faith. Only trust. And what God says. Faith only trust in what God says. Say this with me. Faith trust God's ability to perform what he said. Uh, now I understand Romans 10, 17. That faith comes by hearing, uh -huh, 
and hearing by, can I say it this way? So God only comes when he hears God. We just established that God is faith. We just established that faith is God. So faith comes when it only hears himself. Uh, because God can only trust. Uh, yo. Yo, 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 that's what pleases him. Uh, it's, it's not the confidence that you have to build. It's not the trust that you have to build. Because trust has to come from faith. Uh, uh, Confidence has to come from faith because in confidence we believe in. Oh, I'll give you the scripture for that. So faith only trusts in what God says. Faith trusts God's ability to perform what he said. So faith. Romans 10, 17. Faith comes by. Hearing, faith, God comes by hearing God, the Spirit of God, the same measurement that he gave to you that lives inside of you responds to God. That's how he's pleased. So where you see faith and operation, you'll see his faithfulness. Mm. And the same vice versa. When you don't see faith in operation, you'll see unfaithfulness. Hmm. Hmm. Okay. John 8, 29, you don't have to go there. Jesus said, the one, <laughs> the one who sent me is with me. He has never left me alone. This is what Jesus said. For I always do what pleases him. Why did Jesus say that? Why did Jesus say he always do what, <laughs> what pleases God? You know why? Because he is God. Ah, oh, man. Ah, oh, y'all playing me in this Holy Ghost church. Y'all playing me in this Holy Ghost church. Because he is the author and the finisher of, of your faith. Not only that, for God so loved the world, what did he do? He gave, oh man, he gave love so you can receive faith. Oh my God. All right, I won't, I won't get into that. All right, it's a nugget, put it in your pocket. All right, here we go. I made my point there. I made my point there. I'm going to flow. Say flow. flow. We was on God. Get set. Here we go. Flow. 
This is how you're going to revitalize or vitalize, awaken everything that is inside of you. This is for everybody this morning. Turn with me to John chapter 7, verse 38. And I'll, and I'll end here. I'll end here. Here we go. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> the word, <laughs> the word declares, here we go. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. This is how you get out of the spiritual slump. Because Jesus is the life giver, those who believe, here we go, in him, will not only have eternal life, but God, here we go, will put himself into you. I thought about that over and over again. And I said, you've done that. And I said, okay, I, so I have you in me. So is it that, here we go. Is it that I'm not living by faith at all? Because I don't see what you said in my life? Prosperity, the joy, the peace, all of it. The things that you say you struggle to have. But according to this, when you have a spirit, you have everything. So what is the activator of this? How do you activate this? And he tells you clearly in John 7, 38, to do this. Believe in me. That's it. You don't have to conjure up nothing. You don't got to make no potion. You don't, gotta, you don't have to go in your garage. You don't got to burn metal. You, you don't have to do none of that. God wants you to believe in him. Ah, here's the good thing about that. Not only that, he makes it easy for you to believe. Because at the point you do, he'll give you him. As a gift. <laughs> Which is freely received for those who choose. Who choose to believe him. Um, I'm just over, uh, I'm just overwhelmed. Now that I've been in this, you know, been in this assembly, this church for eight years, I have learned so much about who God is. I got in my life, but God, period. And how much I've missed about God. In some churches we work so, in some churches, not all, but in some churches we work so hard. 
to try to prove or to earn. I, mean, I don't even know at this point what they try to earn. I mean, we dance, shout about it, and rah, 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 and God was like, yo, like, hey, you have me inside of you. So you will never be defeated. I always cause you to triumph. You can have what you say. Your provision is taken care of because I am your provision. And because I am your provision, I'll put that inside of you. Uh, the wealth belongs to you. Your joy, my joy, belongs to you because I am in you. What are we working so hard for? As a believer, it, it, be honest, what, what are we really working hard for? Is it that your mind is in the way? Is it that you're trying to do this on your own strength? Is it because I'm trying to live my life and I'm trying to be me? Notice, he said, you can't please me without me. It's impossible for you to do it. It won't exist. It can't happen. It can't be done. Yeah, so don't pray. It's a sin. Keep worrying. It's a sin. <laughs> sin doesn't send you to hell. It just brings you closer to death. For the wages of sin, yeah, it'll bring you closer to it. And then on top of that, God can't respond. How do you have faith inside of you and it can't respond because you want to live the way? How does that happen? How do you receive someone who lets you overcome the world that gives you dominion over everything and you decide you keep choosing to live I run, this over, I run this in my mind over and over again that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, sweet God Almighty, it's the same spirit, my God, that lives inside of you. What are you defeated for? What are you struggling against? Faith doesn't struggle. Uh, faith does not struggle. Ah, uh, let me. We just said that faith is God. Does God struggle? Does he strain? Does he plead? Does he beg? Then what are you doing it for? Mm, that seems like a life of sin to me. That seems like a life of sin to me. Who's still worrying in here? Who is still doubting in here? Who is still struggling in here? So I ask you, do you, really, do you really belong to God? Did you really accept him? 
unless you are born again. Unless you are. Can you say that this morning that you are born again? I close. We just say it without faith. It's impossible to please God without God is impossible to please God. So in essence, God pleases himself. So he decided through grace, by faith, which you will receive salvation, he would extend himself. That's something himself you and when you accept him as your Lord and Savior now your only choice now is to do to walk to talk to live to commune to have relationship with God himself and when you see that guess what in the natural the things that you're praying for, automatic. Yeah, the, the things that you're, you're, you're travailing and, and, and warfaring for, it'll happen automatically. Notice when Daniel prayed, he said, hey, the angel came, he said, hey, the first, <laughs> the first day, God has already, he already heard you. Mm. because God was with Daniel. And I believe for some of you who don't believe, God wants to be with you too. And for the ones who do believe, this is, what's, this is what I wanted to let you know. You have to get out of this spiritual slump and you have to go back where it begins. <laughs> I hear the Lord say, come back to the place to where you first believed me. And when you believe me, then I'll perform. I'll show my hand if you just come back. Come back to the fundamentals. Come back to where it first began. Come back when you was hungry for me at the beginning. Come back to the place to where you felt my tangible presence in your life. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come back. And coming back is not hard. We know that the king's son, you know, he left and did what he had to do, did what he wanted to do. The word said he came to himself. <laughs> Will you come back to yourself this morning? Will you come back to yourself this morning? Uh, so here we are. We're at the starting point.
And some of you may be at the breaking point. At the crossroads. Where do I start? Where do I go? Where do I begin? Where am I in this? And the Lord said, hey, you don't have to, you don't have to go too deep. You don't, have, you don't have to go missing. You don't have to go amiss. I am right here. Come back. Come back to me. Where your confidence is. Where your trust is. <laughs> where I put myself in you. Yeah, so um, I'm in this altar call now. We're, we're here now. And I can't say I want to pray that your, your faith won't fail because it can't. But what I do want you to do, I want you to, to build yourself in your faith. Mm, I hear you, Lord. Jude, so Jude, 1, Jude 120, right? Uh, Come on, Holy Ghost. Uh, this is but build, but build yourself up, right? By your most holy. Y'all, listen, listen to me, listen to me. Not only that you have faith, but your faith is in the purest form. <laughs> Not only the faith that God has given you, your faith is holy. Oh, you know why your faith is holy? Because <laughs> God said, hey, hey, be ye holy because, yeah, because I am. And because I am, you are. That's what you're supposed to build on. You're supposed to build on me. Build your hope. Build your trust. Build your faith. Because it's holy. Again, I'm here at the altar. Man, thank you, Holy Ghost. I'm just... If you believe, you're complete. If you're saved by faith, you are complete. 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 You are complete. Thank you for joining us. Special thanks to those of you who give generously and make this ministry outreach possible. Click the link in the description to give now or visit hcio.org slash podcast for more information. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Even tag us on social media at Harvest Church KC. Thanks again for listening.